Hey, I'm ladies. It's Kristen. And Caroline. A few years ago, we published a fantastic series of pep talks, but they've been trapped behind a paywall until now. Y'all might remember we brought a handful out in the main feed to close out 2021 and ring in the new year. And now, dear friends, we are bringing y'all the rest. Yep. We dropped three pep talks in the feed last week, and we have three more in the feed for you this week. Enjoy and happy spring. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about what it means to be first, only, and different is power. And what I've learned is that what has made you feel powerless is actually exactly what you derive your power from. And I think owning the power in your otherness, embracing your differences as your superpower is how you do your most transformative work in the world. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Unladylike Pep Talks album. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. Pep Talks are pick-me-ups for when patriarchy gets you down, starring some of our favorite, most inspirational, hilarious, and brilliant unladies. Today, former Teen Vogue editor-in-chief and current Project Runway judge and now author, Elaine Welteroth is here to give us a pep talk on being first, only, different, or F.O.D., So FOD was first coined by Shonda Rhimes in her memoir, Year of Yes. And Shonda wrote, when you are an FOD, you are saddled with the burden of extra responsibility, whether you want it or not. This wasn't just my shot. It was ours. Yeah. So, Caroline, when Elaine became editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue, the magazine's popularity really skyrocketed. And so did Elaine's fame. She found herself at fashion shows, being invited to speak at feminist events, and gaining hundreds of thousands of Insta followers. But behind closed doors, she found that being the only black woman in the room and the youngest boss in the office was really hard. She didn't have a trailblazer she could lean on or a mentor who'd been in her position before, so she had to make her own way. Plus, she was doing all of this while knowing that doing a good job, it's not just like for her point of pride, she was also paving the way for future folks like her, you know, no pressure, right? (laughs) Well, and even if you aren't feeling like weighed down with Elaine Welteroth level pressure, um, if you have ever experienced self-doubt, imposter syndrome, just feeling like you are, are so burned out but you don't know how to stop, This pep talk is here for you. Elaine sees you. She hears you. Caroline, I needed this pep talk so much. I didn't even know that I needed it when I listened to it. Well, it's comforting to hear someone just reassure you that, like, who you are is okay. And chances are the things that might make you weird or different or unique or just strange to other people are actually what can help you go further. They can bring a new perspective to stale conversations. And not only are you just okay, according to the title of Elaine's new book, you are more than enough. So let's get to her pep talk. I am Elaine Welteroth. I'm an author. I am a journalist and former editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue and new Project Runway judge coming at you live from New York City. 
The most unladylike thing I do is refuse to shave my legs unless I absolutely have to. And I often have to (laughs) because I have to be at events on stage or on TV. But if I can refrain from shaving my legs, I do. There have been so many times in my life when I needed advice about what to do or how to navigate certain situations from approaching college graduation. I Every breakup I've ever gone through, every promotion ev- that I've had to negotiate, every interview that I've walked into, specifically in interview settings, I have recalled feeling like I have to code switch and shrink and conform. And I mean that in literal and physical and emotional ways, I have big curly hair and I would feel the pressure to comb it all back into a really tight little bun just in case it was distracting to a hiring manager that I was about to interview with. Um, So it took me time to grow into being comfortable in my skin and being true to who I am. And as I started to find my voice, both as a woman and as a media professional, it was expressed, this like liberation was being expressed through my fashion and beauty choices, particularly my hair. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) And there wasn't, it got to a point where there wasn't a room that I would walk into that could make me feel, respond to that pressure to shrink my hair or anything else about me, but it took time. There is no specific turning point where you go from being uncomfortable in your skin to being comfortable in your skin. It is an ongoing process, especially when you are, as Shonda Rhimes has coined, an FOD, first only or different, because there are these internalized messages that tell you you are not enough, you are not smart enough, you are not, you know, beautiful enough, you are not successful enough. There is that sense of imposter syndrome that you sometimes battle even when you are at the very top of your game. And so I think we need messages that counter all of those negative voices. This is why I landed on this through line for my book of more than enough, because I think we need more messages that reinforce that we are more than enough, even when we're still in progress. I think we're all conditioned to assign value and our worth to things that are outside of ourselves, like our jobs and our titles and the salaries that we earn. And the reality is that success, true success, is being comfortable in your skin and feeling a sense of joy, enthusiasm, fulfillment in what you do and in how you move through the world. I think so many women, and particularly women of color, uh, share this similar arc where we are born with this limitless sense of possibility and this expansiveness and the sky is the limit. And I think as time goes on, 
the world has a way of chipping away at that unbridled confidence. And we get labeled and we get put in boxes and we get told we're not enough. We get told we're too black. We get told we're too white. We get told we're too young, too old, too fat, too skinny, not smart enough, not successful enough, not pretty enough. All of these messages chip away at that sense of limitless possibility. And it starts to limit how we dream and it affects how we see ourselves in the world and and what we're capable of. And so I think if we're lucky, at some point, we recognize the atrophy and we fight back to reclaim who we were meant to be. And we try to get back to that little girl that we were before age nine when, by the way, there is a stat I learned that said American girls' confidence peaks at age nine. And so my goal personally and through this book is fighting back to who I was as that nine-year-old girl. I think we talk about wokeness, like getting woke, only in the context of social and political issues. But I think the process of waking up to your power extends far beyond politics. And it's really an internal process. And so I think for me, the process of waking up to my own power, waking up to the power of my own voice, figuring out how to use it, figuring out how to navigate these very white spaces as a young Black leader required me to shut out those outside voices and those internal voices that constantly made me question whether I deserve to be in these rooms, whether I was smart enough, whether I was good enough. And I think what helped me was recognizing that everything that made me feel like an outsider or less than or different, other, were actually the very same things that enabled me and equipped me to add value and a unique value, a unique perspective that no one else could bring. Like if I didn't feel good, if I didn't, if I had these things going on in my head, I would just remember all of the black women that I represent. And there's this amazing quote, iconic classic quote from Maya Angelou that says, I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. That encapsulates what it means to be first, only, indifferent, and to move through those spaces powerfully because you're doing it on behalf of your ancestors, the tribe of women who need to see you win, um, the people who have never and will never have the opportunity to have that seat at the table. And so assimilating, shrinking, fitting in, conforming would be a disservice to all of those ancestors and all of those girls who are looking up to you and all of those women who will never have that opportunity. And I think that's where I derived my power from at moments when I did feel powerless. I think the worst advice that I've gotten has been well-intentioned. And that advice was to make it work. Just take what you're given, be grateful for it, just make it work. And I think that in some ways that's wise, but 
I think that, you know, that we are a part of the first generation. As a first, you are a part of a new frontier. You are blazing new trails. And there are a lot of moments where you will not have a role model who's been there, done that, and who can share tools with you or put up signposts and tell you how to navigate something because they've never done it. They've never had the opportunity. So all of our ancestors and all of the generations that came before us, their job is to run the baton as far as they can and then hand it over to you. And then you got to take that baton and go further than any of them ever could for them. And so that means that you're going to go through things that they ne- they can't necessarily coach you through um, because you're the first one to do it. And so you got to be braver and you got to listen to the voice inside. And here's what I'll say. I mean, I think, I think the older generation is just sort of operating from a place of scarcity uh, of just trying to survive. And like, you take what you get, you make the best of it. You work hard, you keep your head down, you be grateful, you say thank you, and you go home. You don't ask for too much, you don't talk too loud, you don't make anyone uncomfortable. And this generation is like, enough with all that. I'm putting my head up, I'm asking for what I believe I deserve, I am going to shake up status quo, I'm going to question authority, I'm going to stand on the front lines to push for change, and it's going to make people uncomfortable. And that is a necessary part. Agitation is a necessary step in any change. Instead of just making it work, just remember sometimes not everything is meant to last. Sometimes things break on purpose to set you free. And my advice to anyone who is first, only, or different is do not hold on to anything or anyone too long if it requires you to shrink. This is an excerpt from my book, More Than Enough, from a chapter called Burning Out. And while burning out, I think, is a universal topic right now, it's very top of mind for a lot of people of every age, of every background, in every industry, Um, I think it particularly pertains to the experience of someone who knows what it is to be the only one in the room or the first to do something um, or someone who feels other or different because often being in those roles comes with this weight or this pressure. From my experience, my observation, I think we often put more pressure on ourselves and end up burning out. Um, And so... And I think this applies, though, to anyone who's a perfectionist, frankly. Anyone who strives for perfection can relate to this. So here we go. Early on in my New York life, I was asked in an interview what my career mantra was. And I answered with a tongue-in-cheek paraphrase of a quote from Crocodile Dundee star Paul Hogan that I had just found on Google. Bite off more than you can chew and chew it as fast as you can. I stuck by that motto for years, repeating it on stages, whispering it to myself during all-nighters, doling it out as advice to mentees. I practiced what I preached, too, except, ironically, when it came to actual food. (laughs) Sometimes I'd forget to eat. I wish I could go back now and revise that Crocodile Dundee career motto that is still floating around on the internet with my byline. Now, at 32 
better advice would be, bite off only what you can chew. Take one bite at a time. Chew thoroughly. Swallow fully. Breathe. Make room for the next bite. Find time to laugh. It's better for digestion. It's not as pithy, I know, but this is the mindset of a marathoner, the pace of someone who understands the difference between a sprint towards short-term wins and the stamina required for long-term success. Growing a sustainable career that withstands the test of time requires consistent energy that builds momentum over time. But when you've been running nonstop on a hamster wheel toward a goal with blinders on, you might not know how to slow down, let alone get off, even when you need to. But your body and soul have a way of telling you when the music is changing. I have always had a hard time letting go of things, whether it's my stubborn habit of attempting to reseal a chipped nail with top coat or allowing boyfriends who've gone bad to linger like leftover food in my fridge. It is perhaps the downside of being born with will like steel. But one of the things turning 30 taught me was that there is hustle and there is flow, and you cannot successfully sustain one without the other. Caroline, I want that sewn on like a giant (laughs) pillow (laughs) that there is hustle and flow and that you got to have them both. It's so true. Yeah. And when you do put that on a pillow and you still are having those days where maybe the imposter syndrome is getting to you a little bit, you're feeling pressure to conform, you're just stressed and burned out, like you can scream into that pillow if you need to. Just hug it and scream into it and then get on with it because Elaine believes in you. Yeah, she does. Elaine believes in you. And you know what, Caroline? So do we. That's right. And by you, I'm also including you and me. (laughs) Elaine's book, More Than Enough, is in stores right now. And y'all can follow her on Instagram at Elaine Welteroff. Y'all can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unladylike Media. You can email us at hello at unladylike.co, and you can support Caroline and me directly by joining our Patreon. You'll get instant access to nearly 100 ad-free bonus episodes, a new bonus episode every week, and our undying love. You can find it all over at patreon.com slash unladylikemedia. Nora Ritchie is the senior producer of Unladylike. Michelle O'Brien is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Shruti Marate transcribes our tape. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing is by Jared O'Connell. Sound design and additional music is by Casey Holford and Andy Christens. Special thanks to Abigail Keel and Aaron Nestor, plus Casey Holford, who wrote original music for our pep talk series. And Nora Ritchie, Jenny Barish, and Joanna Kelly, who contributed vocals. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney, Daisy Rosario, and Unladylike Media. This podcast was created by your hosts, Kristen Conger. And Caroline Irvin of Unladylike Media. And remember, need some pep in your step? Get Unladylike. Two years after the... Two years after the... Sorry, my... (laughs) This is not working. Okay. Two years after the... the, (laughs) I sound drunk. (laughs) Stitcher. 